Hey everybody, Ray Lucchese here. Welcome to another sponsored episode of the Greybeards on Storage podcast, a show where we get Greybeards bloggers together with storage assistant vendors to discuss upcoming products, technologies, and trends affecting the data center today. This Greybeards on Storage episode is brought to you today by Cohesity, and now it is my Great pleasure to introduce Teresa Miller, Director of Technology Advocacy Group, and David Giannathan, or DJ, a solutions architect at Cohesity. So Teresa and David, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Sure. So um, as Ray mentioned, my name's Teresa Miller. Uh, I'm a longtime community advocate as a Microsoft MVP. I'm a Citrix CTP and VMware V expert, but I also run technology advocacy over at Cohesity, and I've been doing a lot with smart files so um, and files and objects specifically, um, for those of you that don't know who, what smart files is. So I'm excited to be here today. Thanks for having me, Ray. Great. David? My name is David Giannathan. I'm a solutions architect here at Cohesity, uh, specialized on our file and object platform, referred to as smart files. Uh, I have a fairly in-depth enterprise storage background, comprised of about 15 years on the customer and sales side. Nice to speak uh, with you, Ray. That's great, that's great. All right, so can David, maybe you can answer the first question up here. What challenges are customers facing when it comes to files and objects running on so, traditional storage? What we've seen in the storage industry is that there's a lot of very mature storage products out there that have grown over time, uh, and they haven't necessarily met the demands of what consumers or customers are looking for. They're you know, able to manage things within a silo, but that's typically NAS might be managed separately from object storage, and as object is becoming more prevalent, you have different silos that you've created. And a lot of these products, frankly, don't have modern security built into them when it comes to ransomware mitigation. That's a lot of what we have seen today. Teresa? Yeah, I would agree uh, to all of that. It, you know, security to me is is one of the big ones. I think the other thing I'd like to call out is that traditional storage doesn't always integrate well with cloud. And so organizations with their hybrid cloud and, and even multi-cloud strategies um, could run into some roadblocks. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about security, Teresa, are you talking about ransomware kinds of things or virus protection or, or you know, so there's security is such a, a large environment, a large domain, I would say. Yeah, well, I think security is is multifaceted. So it can be simple, as simple as using um, mechanisms such as uh, MFA and and RBAC. MFA being like an you know for access and controlling things um, in terms of who can get in and how um, in multiple layers. RBAC more around the security front in terms of who has access to the data, but it can go so much deeper. It can be the ransomware detection. It can be um, where you store your data. It can be leveraging worm. It could also be uh, vaulting data to another location with an appropriate air gap. So the conversation can go pretty wide. Yeah, yeah. Security um, is, a, is, a, is a wide area to, to discuss, but let's move on. Teresa, is having traditional storage enough? Uh, should a solution offer more? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. So when I think of enterprise, uh, 
and storage. I just think of having a, a SAN and having the ability to possibly have another copy of that data replicated um, with the right level of, of network failover in place to get over to that data, at least by way of the on-prem environment. But what about backing up that data or archiving that data, uh, migrating it from another solution or even tiering when data gets cold? Um, you might not want it on expensive storage. So I think one of the things that organizations should be thinking about is, well, can a single solution do all of those things instead of buying multiple separate disparate products? So, uh, you know, David, uh, DJ, I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to you for, for maybe some of your thoughts. Yeah, in traditional storage environments, the, the challenge is that um, storage administrators are typically data custodians. They're not the data owner. They're not responsible for how data is created, but they're responsible for the integrity and protection of that data. So when it comes to helping manage the lifecycle of that data, uh, how it's adequately secured, where it's placed, meeting you know legal requirements, like those are a lot of the challenges. And so having a solution that holistically takes into account retention of the data, resiliency of the data, security and governance needs for that data. Like that's that's what a modern storage solution needs to have that most traditional storage solutions do not have. That's a fairly sizable bill of materials for functionality for a storage system, DJ. It, yeah, backup, you're talking about replication, you're talking about security, you're talking about, you know, compliance and all. This is this was way beyond a storage environment of 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 traditional worldview that I've seen in the past. I, I think that you're right, but that's where things are are heading nowadays, right? Especially with uh, ransomware threats or insider threats. Like you, you have to take into account uh, other laws that are being passed, like CCPA in California for integrity of people's personal identifiable information as well, and, and so. All of that is encapsulated in what you actually need to do as a modern storage administrator to take all of that into account to facilitate what the business needs. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So where does the cloud fit in all this stuff? How does, how does, the, how does the customer and an enterprise manage their, their, uh, their data that spans cloud and non-cloud environments and then things of that nature? Yeah, no worries. Hey, so cloud, yeah, the the world has changed a lot in the last couple of years. I I think that cloud used to be one of those things that we were thinking about and and uh in the recent past everyone's leveraging cloud as much as possible. And so when you consider files and objects when organizations have not only on-prem data, data at the edge, and now they're putting it in the cloud, storage can become pretty distributed. And so I think it's really important for organizations to really put pen to paper and, and think about how they want to manage and span that. Now, I, I will say that with a modern solution, you should be able to manage your files and objects regardless of where they live. Um, it should be able to take on that centralized uh, management approach that you need. But beyond that, 
I think I think it leaves us with a lot of data silos um, when you think about data being placed all over. Yeah, I, 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 the the management of data that spans cloud, on-prem, colos, and, and you know various data centers throughout America or the world or whatever is a sizable challenge. I mean, something like that would have to be running somewhere in, in you know the, as a management framework would have to be running in the cloud and talking to all these storage elements sitting wherever they are. Is that how you feel this? Is that how you think this would go on, Teresa? Yeah, I think it's possible, right? I think organizations are still going to want some data on-prem. They're going to want some in the cloud. It's going to depend on the business use case. And so when you think about it being so distributed, I, I think having a modern solution to manage all of that is going to be critical. DJ? Yeah, I, I think data portability is key. You want to be able to co-locate your data with wherever the compute that needs to consume it is. And not having different tools to sort of reformat that data depending on the location of that, whether it's on-prem or cloud or between clouds, like the data needs to be consistent between them. And having something to sit as an abstraction layer on top of that is going to be critical as hybrid cloud environments continue to grow. And you're talking edge, too. I mean, data at the edge is raw data kind of stuff. It's 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 a different world than IT, enterprise, cloud, stuff like that, don't you think? Yeah, I, I mean, just using IoT as an example, right? There's a lot of uh, endpoints that are generating data, and that has to get scraped together and moved to another location. But you don't necessarily want to compute at the edge sometimes, you want to have the flexibility to do that depending on the workload, but ab absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and very interesting. All right, DJ, this one's for you. How important is it to have built-in security within your files on object solution? Well, this one is critically important. We have had a lot of conversations with customers specifically on security and what are you doing to help us uh, combat ransomware. I, I think what's important to know is that whenever you're looking at the security posture of a storage product, it's not the only security product in your arsenal. Frequently, security is the last line of defense within the storage realm to make sure that when all your other systems have failed, you still have a way to protect that data and recover in the event that your environment is compromised. So when you're taking into consideration what your existing storage architecture does, really think of it as everything else has gone awry. This is my last bastion to be able to save the business. Like, what am I doing here to be able to recover in the event of a compromised environment? Yeah, in the old days, it would have been backups or, you know, archives or, you know, Iron Mountain kinds of things where you would go and, and extract data. It might take you a week to get it back. Uh, but it's, it's, it's it, even those sorts of things aren't viable anymore, given the frequency of ransomware and, and such. What, Teresa? Yeah, well, I think um, DJ hit it hit it on the head with recoverability. I think it's amazing that solutions can detect anomalies and and be forward uh, thinking on that and 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 take that step. But ultimately, the recoverability and the recovery options are are critical. So. I actually want to take this a step further because security and cyber threats are are just so impacting to businesses these days. Um, having an option to 
vault your data to another location, such as the cloud, and have that data air-gapped because ransomware can affect backups. And if there's not an air-gap to prevent that from happening during a ransomware attack, how are you ever going to recover? We've seen ransomware literally take out businesses and not be able to come back because the the process behind encryption and getting keys is it can be pretty complicated. Um, so having a vaulted copy that's protected and isolated to be able to recover from is is pretty um, pretty important. Mm-hmm. And the vaulted copy would be encrypted with your own keys or something like, or would it be encrypted based on wherever the cloud uh, environment you select to vault your data for? And a vault of a of a copy. So this is really sort of a, a backup of of the data, or this would be a replication of the data. I'm just trying to understand what you're what you're saying when you mean vault. Yeah. No, it's a really great question. So when it comes to to vaulting, you're taking basically a copy of that data and isolating it in the cloud. It it would definitely function off of um, a protection job. So you could consider it a backup, like potentially a third copy of that data. We we oftentimes um, organizationally want multiple copies of our data, but it's stored in a fashion that keeps it it safe. Um, and then when you want it back, you can recover it. And, and even more importantly, it could be gated, uh, meaning that there's a quorum at play. And in terms of quorum, that means that only a certain user, or it should be multiple users, you'd probably minimally have two, that have to approve of that recovery. Because compromise can happen at many different levels. Mm-hmm. And, and so that so when you mean quorum, you're talking about multiple people having the ability to force the recovery of that vault onto your data wherever it resides. Uh, when I think of quorum, I'm thinking about multiple systems and stuff like that. But and so um, the vault would be something you would periodically do at at a, at a protection point. Uh, so it wouldn't necessarily be every backup uh, or, or would it, or is that something you would be able to you know, parameterize or something like that? You can parameterize it based on policy. So it can be mm-hmm. whatever, um, to whatever level an enterprise needs um, from a recovery point and recovery time objective, you have, have that control and even how long you want to retain it. Right. Um, we also talked a little bit about encryption of the storage. Um, with, the, with the right solution, you're going to be able to um, make sure that that's, uh, that data is locked down, like even in a worm state. And then, like you said, the encryption keys um, would, would likely, you know, if it's cloud, right, it's, it's going to happen from uh, between your environment, your backup environment and, and the cloud. So there's definitely a set of encryption keys at play. I'd like to talk about security further, DJ. Can we dive into this more since it's so important these days? 
Yeah, it, it's extremely important. You want to be able to make sure that you can represent to the business, like, hey, we have this hardened platform that can serve all of your needs while maintaining a higher security posture than normal. Just to elaborate on Teresa's point for Quorum, for example, you know, you talked about Quorum as a systems concept where you have multiple systems that function together. But when you extend Quorum to a, a human concept where it's like, hey, you know, I really don't want to do this type of destructive recovery operation unless we have, you know, two, three, four people that have approved a certain workflow. Like having that built in, in addition to systems that can automatically detect, you know, uh, abnormal human behavior, disabling user accounts, like that type of activity where it just programmatically happens based off of key indicators that you've told it to do. Like that's what a system needs to have. Right, right. I think of the, the uh, you know, missile launches requiring two keys or something like that to actually happen. So in, in this case, it would require multiple people to say this is okay to go and restore this vault. Is that high? Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, and that and that vault, you know, depending on how far a, a person wants to take it or an enterprise wants to take it, it doesn't even have to be a vault that they can control. That could be like a vault as a service, if you will, where you have outsourced like the actual infrastructure management of that to another entity. And then when you layer on something like Quorum, it makes it a very hardened platform so that you know your data is secure. Mm, 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 mm. Teresa? Yeah, well, I think DJ said it uh, in a very great way. I, I, I actually I have nothing additional to add to that. I, it, it's it's exactly how it functions. <laughs> you guys have mentioned uh, Worm a couple times, and and in this environment, um, you're talking about the cloud being a, a Worm-like solution because it's immutable. Is that is that how I would read that? You can extend uh, Worm to include even the original data set, right? Storage protocols as a whole, by definition, can't be completely Worm. Uh, like, there can be policies to make the data in a Worm state or a read-only state after it's written, but the, the storage itself needs to be able to accept new writes. So how you deal with it after the fact, it could be you have local data protection instances in the form of snapshots. That's a, that's a common technology where those become Worm the second that they're written, or it could be the downstream you know, data protection-centric replications, archives, vault copies that have Worm. Any combination of all of those can have Worm enabled specifically curated to a customer's environment. Right, right. There's been some mention of smart files in this discussion. I'm not sure I understand what smart files is. Uh, can what maybe DJ? Maybe you can explain what smart files is in Cohesity. Smart files is Cohesity's file and object services platform. We have a a unified storage platform to serve up all protocols concurrently from the same. Uh, cluster, if you will. And then from there, we have a data management plane called Helios that sits over top of that that allows you to do multi-cluster management between on-premise hybrid clouds. It allows you to enact a lot of the security features that we've talked about today for your uh, file and object workloads, but then orchestrate the downstream data management capabilities in the form of replication, archiving, vaulting, all within a single umbrella. Okay, so now, okay, so Smart Files is a file and object storage solution that that runs all all over, and Helios is a is a data management data protection solution on top of that, and then there's another solution which is data management on top of that. Is that how I understand this, or did I get this wrong? 
<laughs> Teresa, you want to explain Helios? Yeah, yeah. So Helios is is ultimately the name of our our UI um, that allows for centralized management of of any of your Cohesity workloads. Um, they could be um, it could be our as a service offering. It could be our backup and recovery on-prem solution. Um, it could be a, a CE that you have deployed, um, meaning like a cloud edition of our, our solution. So Helios really is just kind of like that, that centralized management UI that our customers use. Um, SmartFiles actually just runs on top of our traditional data protect solution. Um, we refer to file shares as views um, ultimately in our solution. And you can store files and objects on there and take advantage of everything that, that DJ described. You can do backup, you can do archiving, tiering, migration. Um, it can be in the cloud. Your data can be in the cloud. Um, you get the security. Um, so it's it's a pretty comprehensive offering. All right. Well, D Teresa and David, is there anything you'd like to say to our listening audience before we close? Yeah. So I guess my, my key takeaway for the audience today is that I would recommend taking a look at what you're using and what you have today. Uh, it, it possibly is traditional storage and, and think about what, is, is missing to meet your enterprise needs because you might be not only um, making it harder for yourself by not having a more comprehensive solution, you're, you're probably not as secure as you need to be based on all the security conversations we had today. Mm -hmm. DJ? Yeah, it's very hard to predict what business requirements you're going to have going down the road. And so if you, even if you think you're in a good spot today, it doesn't hurt to periodically reevaluate what technologies you have in your stable, so to speak, and make sure that uh, you perform exercises for data recoveries at scale. Uh, being able to explain to someone, this is what a large scale recovery would look like and set proper expectations will go a long way. And, and having the, the proof that you've done regular testing is critically important. Right, right. Well, this has been great. Teresa and David, thank you very much for being on our show today. Thank you, Ray. Been a pleasure. And thanks again to Cohesity for sponsoring this podcast. That's it for now. Bye, Teresa, and bye, David. Let's tell your friends about it. Please review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as this will help get the word out. 